Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Weekdays at 2 on Mile High Sports. Happy Thursday. It is a, uh, it's, it's definitely a football Thursday. The Denver Broncos, the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, uh, things are afoot. What do we lead in with? In Colorado, I, I think we lead with the, uh, with the Denver Broncos because for a second day in a row, Jarrett Bell of the USA Today, who has uh, obviously Sean Payton's ear and confidence. Uh, Jarrett Bell and... There are other head coaches who have been here through the years who have had their uh, friendly reporters. Right. Uh, most all of them national guys, not local. And uh, Jared Bell is Sean Payton's mouthpiece. Uh, it, it certainly seems, it, yeah, certainly the guy. And uh, uh, look, give, give him credit for being able to get uh, in a couple of days more than what virtually anyone else did. But we talked about the article yesterday that he wrote in USA Today where uh, Sean Payton sort of tried to have it both ways regarding well, the gambling well, uh, situation. It, we did. Yeah. Actually, that was the comment that appeared today. In, in, in print. print. On, in online, print. that appeared yesterday. The one that appeared today online, even more right. remarkable. Right. I assume that'll oh, be in print. Far more inflammatory. Yeah, it'll be in print tomorrow, presumably, but just a remarkable uh, moment where even even Bell almost gets in, in his narrative. You wonder if he even thought it was going to be off the record a little bit. Where he starts the narrative saying, uh, "Quote: Can I say this to you?" Peyton said, shuffling stuff on his desk. Of course you can. Let it rip is what uh, Bell writes. I'll give you some of the quotes here. Peyton said, "I'm going to be pissed off if this is not a playoff team." Okay, well that's step one. Uh, going on to say, winning is the south of the whole organization makes everyone feel better. Talked about the differences in, as we referred to, Sandy, the things that uh, way things are handled. Sandy said, we're going to be on time. We're going to learn how rewarding it is to play for each other, compete for each other rather than ourselves, and I expect us to think playoffs. That part, no sort of normal, confident coach speak, right? I'm new, new sheriff in town, normal stuff. But was then asked about last season, and then it started getting interesting. Quote, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team or organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much bleeping time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch. Hard knocks, all of it. I see it coming. The PR people, the owners, most of the people in that building are the same people. In all these quotes... Let's make a those list. Those people, are the, those people are the same people. make a list of all the persons he criticized. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. On the Denver Broncos? Already. The, the, oh. Uh, directly talked to PR. He has popped. Torn, torn, uh, torn no, up no, to PR. No, that's the least of it. I'm telling you all the people he's popped over the last couple of days, one way or the other. Roger Goodell. On his own team, he has popped his offensive line, those who are still here, Garrett Bowles, Lloyd Cushenberry, 
Quinn Miners, savaged, savaged in recent days by the head coach, Sean Payton. And if they're too stupid to see it, that's on them. He has also popped at least one of the owners who happens to be the day-to-day operator as a mere parent who couldn't exercise discipline. That would be Greg Penner, destroyed by Sean Payton. You read that, and if you've ever heard of Greg Penner, that's exactly who he's talking about, along with George Payton, who the last time I looked was the general manager of the Denver Broncos. So you're talking about the owner, the day-to-day owner and the general manager. He killed the owner. He killed the owner, and he ripped George Payton. The last time I looked, they're on the same side, yep. at least for now. He ripped three-fifths of his offensive line, all holdovers from last year. Mm-hmm. So the offensive line was terrible. And implied, that, of course, the coaching was terrible. And, and, the, and the general manager who brought them in or resigned. The general manager. Uh, he, George Payton might as well just leave right now or just uh, take his money for this year and be a secretary, which he already was anyway. But Payton, what Sean Payton really thinks of George Payton came out in the last couple of days. Beyond that, he indirectly ripped Deion Sanders, yeah. the player, not the coach. And it goes without saying that when the Jets come in in week five, they will be loaded for bear. Robert Sala ripped, ripped by Peyton. Obviously, Nathaniel Hackett. Robert Sala ripped because he hired Nathaniel Hackett, and the Jets created uh, a lot of PR and pomp and circumstance, just like the Broncos did last year, and the Washington football team did in yep. the year 2000. Let me give you that quote. It does not stop. There, Let me give you that not quote. even close. Because that, there's the quote he talks about with Deion Sanders, and it's also, we'll go to here, you'll, you'll catch where we're going. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that la- this year. You watch. Hard knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when Dan Snyder put that dream team together? I was at the Giants. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Dion's there now. That team won eight games or whatever. So listen, just put the work in. The the, the <laughs> suggestion also there, and it is, it is uh, uh, oblique, is that a lot of people pop Deion Sanders the coach. The, Popping the Deion player? Sanders the player is something new. Aaron Rodgers would be the would be the equivalent in this case. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets would be the equivalent in this metaphor of Deion Sanders with Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an over-the-hill of, guy of who might have been pretty good once upon a time, Nathaniel, but was completed, uh, completely overrated. He said Nathaniel Hackett did one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the league last year. Again, if he were one of us, if Sean Payton were doing a talk show, I'd applaud him. He's not. In fact, this hypocrite is spending most of his time telling the media and presumably his own players, I don't want any noise. We're all business here. But two days in a row. We're all business Massive axe grinding Except when it comes to his ego. To Jared Bell and... USA Except a. when it comes this to his ego. About last night, this and, the Louis XIV thing. You know, say moi. I am the state. You know, you know what else is true? He's having it both ways. If they're bad, he'll blame sure. George Payton. 
Nathaniel Hackett. And Russell Wilson. All of Hackett's coaching staff. If Russell Wilson is stupid enough to believe that he won't be the next target if he doesn't play well, that Sean Payton will throw him under the bus faster than any coach has thrown any quarterback in the history of the NFL under the bus. I, If I were a Bronco right now, I'd say this sounds like a guy who, if we win, will take all the credit, and if we lose, he'll blame us. And he'll blame coaches who aren't here anymore. And he'll blame a general manager who may or may not be here beyond the end of this year. I assume the owners will be here. He ripped them too, just, just to make sure he got everybody. There wasn't anybody he didn't get. And Robert Sala's response today makes me think he's got week five circled when otherwise, you know, it's a conference game, be nice to win, but it's a road game. Now, whatever the Jets have, the Broncos will get because Peyton has made it personal. Peyton's quote specifically, of course, well, let's even go away with the one from uh, talking about the Jets and all that. When, when discussing Russell Wilson with Jared Bell of the USA Today, the quote, oh, man, there's so much dirt around that. There's 20 dirty hands for what was allowed, tolerated in the frickin' training rooms, the meeting rooms, the offense. I don't know, Hackett. A lot of people had dirt on their hands. It wasn't just Russell. He didn't just flip. He still has it. This BS that he hit a wall, shoot, they couldn't get a play in. They were 29th in the league in pre-snap penalties <laughs> on both sides of the ball. He's still got gas in the tank. Now, the interesting part is then the next comment, because basically the, the villain of the story ends up being Jake Heaps, who was the basically Wilson's personal quarterback coach. If you've been watching, by the way, say quarterback, Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions company, uh, you realize that virtually every quarterback nowadays has their own personal coach. Doesn't mean they're ignoring their existing coach, but their own personal coach. But uh, Heaps kind of got villainized. And the idea of the team let him go. And here's, here's a quote here. This one to me is shocking. Quote, that wasn't his fault. And he's talking about Wilson. That was the parents who allowed it. That's not an incrimination on him, but an incrimination on the head coach, the GM, the president, and everybody else who watched it all happen. Well, that would include, Sandy, George Payton. The ownership group? The ownership group took over in August. Now, Damani Leach, the current president, was, it wasn't was on day one, but uh, he was there during the course of the season. Oh, he managed to nail him, too. Right. Uh, this is a guy that is, at this point... The guy point, has nothing to do with the football he operation. He is zero. And here's the concern, if this isn't a little unnerving to you. Normally, when someone does this, when a coach does this and said, okay, you know, if this was run poorly, I'm in here to right the ship. We're going to go to the playoffs. What's the normal response uh, in, you know, our world and in a lot of the fans world? Well, you better win. But here's the trick with Sean Payton. Or what? What if he doesn't win? What if he doesn't go to the playoffs? Broncos going to fire him? No. He's fully aware. He's invincible right now. He is untouchable. The, he is the he is the Denver Broncos. He is the Denver Broncos personified, and he knows it. So no matter how many grenades he wants to throw, 
no many how many hatches he wants to dig back up and stick in the back of whoever he'd like to. The Broncos have already signed off on it and essentially said, go for it, knock yourself out. Even when that includes plucking them out of their own backs. And Sandy, we're two practices in. I suppose there's one thing to be said in his favor. When Diane Ursini of ESPN asked him about his remarks, they had anything more to say. He did not deny saying any of those things. He simply said, I'm just sticking up for my players. That was his response. Which players was he sticking up for? Up for my I, guess, I guess he Russell stuck Wilson. up for Wilson. I guess he thinks he stuck up for I, I, Wilson. I, I can make the argument that he sort of he can make the argument that he absolved, he didn't stick up for Garrett Bowles, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners. He absolved sure. the the absolved Wilson of last season. Essentially, he's yes, he's he absolved him of that. Well, and and he has company in that regard. I've already talked about media people in this city who immediately after Hackett was fired decided that Hackett was not just 90% of the problem. He was 100% of the problem. And Russell Wilson was 0% of the problem. And you know who made no attempt to change that? If he had any class, he would have. Russell Wilson, who but could have some said, of, some of that, you know, nah, that, like, I you know better, been better at least me. half of this is on me. I'm playing. And they're running the offense the way I want it run. The- and who's to say that those pre-snap penalties weren't Wilson's fault in some cases. Some of them certainly were. Some of them certainly were. Not in Sean Payton's mind, apparently. And and that's where I think this this relationship, because we've, we've talked about it. I think I've never that. heard a coach knock his predecessor. I don't care how bad his predecessor I, was. I've never heard and like this. only in my 44 years in Denver <laughs> have I heard anything like this happen before, and it happened once with Don Cherry, and Don Sherry was fired at the end of the season when he couldn't back up his words. Uh, he was one and done. He didn't win. He took on his own organization, and at the end of the year, they fired him. Now, should they have fired Ray Mirren, the then general manager, at the same time? Yeah, probably they should have, but they got Mirren shortly thereafter. <laughs> and the Rockies continued to be a disaster and ended up, of course, as we all know now, the Hockey Rockies moved to New Jersey and have since been the New Jersey Devils. Uh, the same fate does not await the Denver Broncos. But all of a sudden, Mr. All Business is the center of, of the National Football League controversy, not just Denver Bronco no. controversy. He's the story around the league. Coaches he's the lead story around the league. Like he's going after other coaches on teams He's going to, to be play. coaching against this year. The and I guess I look at it and it's he, unbelievable. He even points out he doesn't even know Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, then, that, look, well then why are you ripping him in the most personal of ways? He didn't even make it through yeah. one year. I think it's clear that Nathaniel Hackett did not do a good head coaching job. I don't know what piling on does. But Sean for you. Payton thinks he has such an ego, Sean Payton does, that he thinks he needs to remind the the bumpkins around here, presumably in the media and within Coach Broncos year, country, forgot about that it? he's going to tell us 
that, you know what, you didn't have a very good coach last year, as if we didn't know that right. already. Everything, what a pompous jerk. Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite, is what Peyton said. Well, I mean, that's just kind of silly. Every new every coach, team, every new manager in sports whatever. does the opposite of what his predecessor did. That's nothing new. But even the idea, you know, the... There's ripping your predecessor and then saying it might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's well, bad maybe it was. Maybe it was well, but he ain't a talk show host. But here's the other thing. Maybe it was, but I'm not sure it was even the worst in the last two years. Did anyone forget about Urban Meyer over in Jacksonville? Well, but but that, see, Urban Meyer isn't part of his agenda. Right. His agenda. Er, pointing out Urban and, Meyer's and flaw Robert doesn't Sala advance reminded his. us all of what the agenda is. Robert Sala's like, this guy wasn't even a coach last year in the league. Right. Who's he? Has he won a game with the team he's coaching now? No. I've won a few here. Even last year, finishing 7-10, and ten, was I've, I've won more games than anybody thought we'd win. It's it just, it's, it is, it, it, going after another coach? It's strange. Uh, it, that there's, there's, I'm, sort of I'm saying another head coach. Pettiness, and then there Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. The truth it's of the matter is, and there's petty. no way around it. It's that. Uh, that was unprofessional and unnecessary. It's unprofessional. Totally. You don't, totally have, you don't have to do that. There's totally no need to do that. I'm not but sure how you it know gives what? you an advantage. What I read Maybe. from the postings today from New Orleans Saints fans, one after another, same guy yeah. we came to know and despise in New Orleans. Imagine a coach with his record in New Orleans being despised by significant portions of the fan base because that's this is how he operated in new orleans too but presumably maybe had a couple practices in before he he did it here i mean this this is remarkable i said it yesterday the broncos have wholly signed on to sean payton's revenge tour and the problem with that now is that you've pre-approved Everything he does, as, as written in Jared Bell's article, uh, reportedly his salary is $18 million a year. It would be pretty easy to check with the source who knows who's getting paid. He's been at two days straight of John Payton just dropping bombs on everybody. So presumably that's uh, pretty close to right. But the Broncos have signed off on this. So the idea is not only do you have Sean Payton's revenge tour where he's going to go after everybody that he's got an axe to grind with, whether those slights are real or perceived. Like, I, I get it. Like, Every coach takes over. When you're a new coach for a football team, you know why you're a new coach? Because the previous coach didn't do well enough, and that's why they're gone. With the rare exception of somebody who retires, I suppose. So, surprise, that's what happens every time you take a new job. The previous coach didn't do well enough. That's why the job came open. That's why you got it. So, I, let, let needing me, to call that out is yeah, bizarre. Are you familiar with the Groundhog Day? No, of course. Okay. And the line Don't in drive there, angry. And, and I will... I, I will amend it to suit these circumstances. I told you, I wake up every day right here, right in Dove Valley, and it's always the eve of training camp, and there's nothing I can do about it except pop off. And the last three words are my words. Yeah. The rest of it is the quote from, from Groundhog Day. And you know what? For a team that's gone 37 and 67 over its last 104 games, the Broncos are the yappiest losers in the history of major professional sports in this country. 
at least the Raiders, when they were yappy with Al Davis and John Madden and Tom, Tom Flores and yeah. all that, oh, well, they usually particularly ba- the players, they usually bounced back and they, won. They could back it up. They could back it up. Al Davis is always yappy. You know who else is yappy? Daniel Snyder for more than 20 years in Washington. And that's another thing about Peyton. Peyton is informing us, as if we didn't already know, that Nathaniel Hackett wasn't a very good coach and Daniel Snyder wasn't a very very good good owner. owner. Thanks. Oh, thanks, Water is wet. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for the insight. Now, I'm intrigued. I I, want to hear... What do you think? Because 303-831-1340 is the call and text line. Because thus far, trying to kind of put my finger on the pulse, and I was out at Dove Valley today. Of course, uh, Sean Payton did not speak. But the sense you get from fans is that they love it. It's, it's the smack talking. It's the WWE stuff. They love it. Do you actually, I, I just want to ask our audience, do you actually love it? Do you think this is good for the Denver Broncos or not? I am genuinely curious 303-831-1340 is the number we'll talk about a little bit more about this what it means for the broncos and of course we'll have to talk about the colorado buffaloes whose move to the big 12 is a impending uh, of seismic change in, in the collegiate football it's it's, it's all but done yeah. in the minds of the uh, journalists uh, absolutely so we'll, we'll talk about that and uh, hear that as well so it's going to be it's, it's a fascinating day lots of stuff going on on the gridiron and we haven't even gotten the season started we're talking about all of it right here on my life sports take all of my stress right down help me get it off my chest and out into the ether with the rest of this mess that just keeps us depressed we forget that we're here right now because we're living life at a different pace stuck in a constant race keep the pressure on your bounds to break something's got to change we should just be canceling all our plans and not give a damn if we're missing out on what the This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Talking about the unusual, and Sandy and I were talking about it during the break, and we do that. We talk during the break. And, uh, you know, my career spans 25 years, and yours is much longer than that, Sandy. But we honestly, we you made the Don Cherry comparison. Yeah, but, but yeah. that's the only that's, one that neither of us co- could come up with in our entire career. Right. And you and I have covered m- all the four major sports and other ones as well. Neither one of us can recall no, anything like I, this. Just going after your predecessor on the first two days. I mean, folks, these 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 articles by Jared Bell in the USA Today were time for release today and yesterday. He knew when they were going to land. That's the first two days after veterans reported the first two practice dates for the Broncos. When you know there was going to be maximum curiosity about the team. And Sean Payton decided this is the time to start my revenge tour. So to the widest possible audience, I can let people know exactly how much and how badly I think they suck. Even people that I admit I don't know, like Nathaniel Hackett. You're two days in, you've paid a Nathaniel Hackett as a sympathetic figure. How on earth do you do that? Uh, this, to me, is is unprecedented. There is petty, and then there is unprofessional, and this crossed the line. Yes. And as we have talked about before, there is method to the madness, because we look at 
the projected depth chart at this point last it's year. It's the same this year. It is all this talk. I have to laugh. Eighty-two percent the same. All of this talk that this is a new team. And so, guess what? A new team? How so? Sean Payton came to the team and saw the same thing we did. The roster isn't good enough to be a playoff team this year. He knows it just like we knew it. He knows it better than we know it because we're not going to be Hall of Fame coaches and he will. But if we could see it, we know that he was going to see it. And presumably, Sandy, what we're talking about here is that Sean Payton decided to get ahead of this, look at the team, and you have to go back, and I've talked I've talked about this, talked about it yesterday, that the way he handled Bounty Gate rubbed a lot of people in the NFL the wrong way, including the coaching fraternity, because you know, it's a long time ago. But sort of one domino at a time, Peyton kind of pushed guys in front of, oh, well, it was this guy. Well, it was, all, oh, this guy and also this guy. Oh, and also this guy and this guy. And then it, also these guys. And then eventually, oh, it was also me. When it finally came around to it, and he got caught with it. He is basically... I mean, it, this this seems coy and clever and calculated. It is, but it's not as clever as you might think. He's come to the same conclusion that we have, that this year the Denver Broncos do not have enough talent to be a playoff team, and he's covering his tracks right now. So everyone understands the $18 million per year, future Hall of Fame, Super Bowl winning coach, when this team doesn't get a playoff spot and jumps from, say, five wins to seven wins instead of the playoff spot, that that's not his fault and it never was. And he's warning you right now, it won't be my fault. That's, for fans, probably discomforting when you think about the fact that you are two practices in. That Sean Payton has already started the, when this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's not my fault. Tour. Two practices in. So, Broncos fans and your hopes of immediately becoming a playoff team, whatever, your coach doesn't seem to believe it. That's the only rationale for saying what he's doing. Or he's nuts. Or he's so driven by bitterness and spite that he really doesn't care. I'm. I suspect it's probably not. Well, that. It, I suspect it's I, the first. I don't think it's really that. I. I think it is the first. He's covering his tracks. He's covering his. You know what? And when this season turns out to be uh, similar, if not identical, to the previous seven, in that they don't make the playoffs, he doesn't want anybody else. To escape blame. Even, and maybe especially, within his own organization. They were here and I wasn't. But that Players includes, were here and I wasn't. Players, All right? Front office, administrators, owners. Coaches, assistant coaches. coaches. Who I have on my staff right now. Mr. Parker, defensive backs, who was in the uh, coach acceleration program. They were here. For receivers. They were here. I wasn't. All right? General Manager George Payton, he was here. I wasn't. Greg Penner, he was here. I wasn't. They're all to blame. I inherited a mess. Monty Leach was hired two days after. So the, the new ownership took over on August 9th. Leach was announced on the 11th. All right. He's taking well, the current it, owners, it, the current Even president. though he has nothing to do with the right. football operation. But he literally, he literally blame him but he called him, by, he called him out. The GM, the president. Yes, he said the president, and he happens to be the president. And by extension, of course, when he's talking about parents, 
if the owner's not a parent, who is? Well, especially if you're already singling out the GM and the president, who else is left? You've picked on the head he coach. He talked about parents. Right. He's talking about ownership. Again, if ownership Which he also ripped yesterday about parental, gambling as well. Who is parental? The owners are at the top. He got everybody, including the new head coach up in Boulder. However, indirectly, he, he didn't so much get the coach. Deion Sanders has gotten a lot of criticism from other coaches about whether he's a qualified yes, coach or not. Career was rather, uh... His playing career was rather... His playing career was... His accomplishments were unassailable. Yeah. He was a Super Bowl champion multiple times. <laughs> and yet, Sean now, Payton yeah, finds multiple. a way to take a shot at, at Deion Sanders, career. the player, and compare him as a washed-up former star to Aaron Rodgers, who in Sean Payton's mind is a washed-up former star. I mean, the suggestion was clear. Uh, The Jets are just having a circus, and they're not going to be very good. That's right. Uh, What were his words? PR? Uh, The PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around, and all that stuff. That's what he talked about, what happened in Denver. 20 dirty hands that contributed to the disaster that the Broncos' 5-12 and record alone doesn't fully encapsulate. I'll just, Everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. The idea that Wilson has hit a wall at age 34, entering his 12th season, BS, Peyton said. Wow, Russell Wilson better be at least as good as he was the last two, three years in Seattle. And, at least that good. Robert Sala, whose career accomplishments as a head coach uh, pale to Sean Payton's, at a certain point, you know, you have, you have to look up if you're solid and be like, what, what did I, wait, wait, how did I get involved in this? What, what happened here? What just happened here? But his response was, I mean, it, it, perfect. Quote, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean. He's been in the league for a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. As far as we have going on here, I live by the saying, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. So hate away. Obviously, we're doing something right if you've got to talk about us when we don't play you until week five. It's interesting how he knows that. Now. I, I'm not sure he could have told you 24 hours ago exactly. exactly when the Jets play the Broncos, okay? Now he knows, and that's got the proverbial red circle. I just, I'm still around. trying to figure out why you even bring the Jets into it at all. I, I'm still Because by that. it serves his self-interest to How? do it. Because he can compare You're one of the few teams that you actually he can, can compare board with his professional offseason. By the way, I don't think they'll beat the Jets. I know I identified that particular game as one they have to win. I don't think they beat the Jets. I think mean, the Jets have a better team than they do. The Jets have a much better quarterback. Uh, the Jets, Who, by have, the way, I holds grudges a, himself. A, a, by the way, and will right, recall, will remember right. his, one oh, of his very be, not only his quarterbacks remember. coach, offensive coordinator, but one of his very best personal friends. Being savaged by Sean Payton. But, but yeah, he is too. But Aaron Rodgers is too. He was part of a circus. Deion Sanders was part of a circus when he played for Washington in 2000. The teams ended up not being very good. You know what else happened in 2000? I remember this because I follow the New York Giants fairly closely. Jim Fossil was the head coach of the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton was the play caller, offensive coordinator. Until on a late November Monday, Jim Fossil came out 
and said words to the effect, I'm putting all my chips in the middle now. And among the changes I'm making, I am stripping Sean Payton of all play-calling responsibilities from here on out, and we are going to the Super Bowl. Guess what happened? They went to the Super Bowl. They did go to the Super Bowl. With Sean Payton about as influential as George Payton is now with the Denver Broncos. That's what happened in 2000. Funny Sean Payton didn't mention that. That was the same year that a lousy team stripped you of play calling responsibilities, the supposed greatest play caller in offensive football history, was stripped of his play calling, and Kerry Collins took off along with a number of giant offensive players, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. I have I have no doubt about Sean Payton's ability. I really don't. But I but you do reach Oh, a point. but he's had his ups and downs. Sure he has. How much winning did he do as an assistant coach with the Giants, who went to a Super Bowl, and with Dallas, where he coached under his good friend and mentor, Bill Parcells, who had been to Super Bowls with two different teams, but in Dallas, with quite a bit of talent around him, didn't do squat. Bill, Wade Phillips did better than Bill Parcells the, in Dallas. The, the folks I talked to from New Orleans that kind of texted it, and um, <laughs> similar to you, kind of reached out, went like, well, in Enjoy the ride. Yes. Um, this is the Sean Payton we knew. Brought up the, the very good point, I think, which sticks in the craw of a lot of still Saints fans, is that is after the 2020 season, when Drew Brees retired following that season, the 2021 season, of course, some of the bill came due, and they were in salary cap hell. And right. They, they had to deal with a guy, well, whoever knows very well, Trevor Simeon, led the team in attempted passes. Jameis Winston was close, and Taysom Hill was behind that. And then Sean Payton left. Right when things became untenable for the cap, the going got tough, he left. When they didn't have Drew Brees anymore. And that still sticks in the craw of a lot of folks in New Orleans. Like, you were here when things were good, but when things got bad, you bailed. And, And Mike Shanahan is not in the Hall of Fame right now, in part because his post John Elway career was middling. When it comes to playoff performances and things like that, when, when his post John Elway career was. Well, Sean Payton didn't have to deal with that because he just left. Well, if I don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback, this is, and we don't have a lot of cap money, I'm, eh, I'll just bail. And it's worked out nicely for him. He had sat, he took a year vacation and got a monumental Most of my Shannon's coaching career here was spent without John Elway Correct. playing quarterback. But I mean, part of the reason he's not in the Hall of Fame is people look at his post-Elway coaching career oh, I and say, well, he didn't ever reach the same highs. I think Mike Shannon will be in the Hall of Fame. I do, too. And I think I mean, it might not be a lot of coaches year. have won two straight no, championships, and not a lot of coaches have won, in fact, no other coach I'm not in the history I'm not, not of football, including Bill Belichick. No coach. Yeah. I mean, no coach he doesn't has it. won 46 games in three years. And he'll get in. He Nobody. Will. But I'm saying the only Nobody. reason, the only reason he's not won. is because people hold that post-Elway coaching career against him well then they need to hold and belichick's obviously going to the hall of fame but what's belichick's right. record without brady sure it's a losing record uh, same as mike's and was. that usually happens a lot because great coaches and great quarterbacks when they pair up can win super bowls and when one or the other is there it usually doesn't work tom brady's ability to go win with the bucks is the exception rather than the rule but this is obviously when you look at what the goals are the Broncos, I suppose, 
can look at this Sean Payton revenge tour and say, okay, he's just to go out to put some pelts on his wall. And you know what? If he does, that's going to help the Broncos because we'll get wins and all we care about is W's and that's cool. Okay, that's fine. I could see how that overlap could help for you. In fact, that's kind of why I backed off this hire. But what if it doesn't? What's your recourse if you're the if you're the Broncos and John Payton doesn't want to back off ripping the commissioner? Or, you know, you, who's writing the checks for him. Now what are you going to do about it? Welcome to the NFL, Penner Walton Ownership Group. You, you've, you've made this choice. I hope it works out. Because if it doesn't work out, you're stuck with it. You, you've, you've bought into this, and there's no way You know who else they're stuck with? Russell Wilson. And whether Sean Payton really likes the way Russell Wilson plays this year or not, they're stuck with him. And it is almost impossible to envision their parting ways with the Russell Wilson after this year. It's far it, too expensive. It, it's, yeah. The far window is really after the 2024 season where it becomes manageable. Unless you want a roster made up of rookies and street free agents. For a, for a year. You're going to pay $85 million on a cap right. hit? Moving away from Russell Wilson after this season means the Broncos at the very earliest might look at being able to try to be competitive again in 2025. And that would right. still be a monumental turnover again. That's, that, sure. would be the, that would be yeah, the, yeah. the assumption. So this has basically got to work. They're all in. Want to get your thoughts on it? I'm getting some texts. Want to make sure we get a chance to get to those. So go ahead and send those in, 303-831-1340. Do you like it? Is this concerning? Is this the route you wanted the Broncos to go to? Is it just different is better? Or do you just like the WWE approach from Sean Payton where you're just going to throw everybody out of the ring? Curious to find out. Want to know what you think? Let us know. We'll talk more about it and get to your text next on Miley Sports. Sandy Clough and Sean Trotar. Presented by Burnham Law. Hire the winner at BurnhamLaw.com. Here's Sean and Sandy. Wanted to get your opinion on the uh, verbal grenades lobbed by Sean Payton over the last couple of days. Uh, uh, Sometimes targeted, sometimes not. Just going sort of scorched earth on the NFL to which he returns through Jarrett Bell of the USA Today over the last couple of days. 303-831-1340 is the text line. Andrew Detmer is in the booth. And, uh, Andrew, we had a text that you wanted to share. Yeah, a text from uh, texter Joe, a guy who also commented or uh, texted us yesterday, is a text today. As a jaded Broncos fan, there is a sadistic side to me that loves that Pey- what Peyton is saying and doing. Having said that, I wouldn't have said the stuff he did. The question is, does it fortify his relationship with his players or alienate them because everyone knows that wrath can be turned on them in an instant. We'll see. Thank you, Joe. Correct. It, it, it's Joe, not one extreme really. But you're but Joe, you are correct. That should be the concern. The, the, it, it should be the, a, a concern, but it isn't one extreme the, or the, the other. The frivolous players don't all love them. Players right. don't all the, the, hate the frivolous, you know, he throws stuff at the Jets, uh, whatever. The Jets let it bounce off and they don't care. That that's frivolous. That doesn't that's not gonna likely mm-hmm. really ticks off Aaron Rodgers and he has a great game in Denver, isn't going to impact the Broncos when lost record. But the trust factor does. Now, the, the assumption, as uh, Mike Kliss tweeted out today from the Broncos uh, television partner at Nine News, is that uh, the team will be galvanized by 
Peyton's defense of Russell Wilson, to which I look at and go, um, that's possible in the short term. But uh, I, I don't think it is. All Nathaniel Hackett did last year was defend Russell Wilson. When didn't Nathaniel Hackett ever but, no, say I mean, anything but Peyton's argument about is that, But Hackett didn't know what he was doing because he was terrible, and so that's well, why. Well, no, 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 but I'm saying to the texture, did, did this or Mike Pliss, well, the coach last year defended Russell Wilson. How galvanizing was that? Well, I Not think, at all. But I think we, we've had an entire offseason of, you know, Wilson, is Wilson done? Is it make or break? I, I, I can see it in the short term, and I think that's what Peyton intended by basically took 20 dirty hands and, and uh, basically saying it wasn't his fault. But the problem is, how long will that really last? And, and, and keep in mind, by, he defended Russell Wilson. He's putting Russell Wilson under on tremendous, tremendous pressure. pressure. And he also defended Russell Wilson by, as you rightly pointed out, taking three of the five starters, Garrett Bowles, Lloyd Cushenberry, and Quinn Miners, and taking the task for being part of the reason Russell Wilson was bad. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the, the relationships are complicated. And I think we, we've – let's look at this through another prism that I think fans can look at more recently, and that's with the Denver Nuggets. Michael Malone, over the course even of a, of a relatively, comparatively small playoff window, altered the way he approached his team in public. Uh, went in very, very hard on them after uh, a loss, seemingly almost going too far, and then reaching a point where no longer did that and maybe focused a little bit more uh, outwards to the other team, a little more defiance to the other team, a little bit of uh, not, not to the extent of what we've seen with Sean Payton here. He's not calling any opposing coaches out. But we can see that there is an impact when coaches run their players down in public. That happens. There's no question. Now, there is a difference between, and, and, and it's one of the things that I think we try to focus here on radio. I know, I know I certainly have. One of the things that I have tried to do my entire career is I separate the person from the action. And I'll give you an example. The easiest one I can think of for Broncos fans is Raheem Moore. <laughs> you think of the playoff game against Baltimore and the bad play. Uh, Raheem Moore was actually not a bad football player. He had a pretty good year for the Broncos. That Broncos don't probably even get that far with without Moore. He had more or less a solid season. In the moment, Raheem Moore made a wrong decision, and it cost him and it cost his team. Now, maybe that's me growing up here and not and and sort of being a reflexively opposed to sort of what I consider more East Coast talk radio. That guy's an idiot. No, he's not an idiot. No, he's not a bad player. No, he's not a moron. He's not an idiot. He's actually a pretty good player who made the wrong decision at an unfortunate time. The action is separate from the person. And I think when you are a coach, you have to function the same way. You can tell a player, hey, that's the wrong read. That's the wrong throw. But you're not a bad player. We just need to fix this. We need to tweak this. We need to tune this in. Coaches have to do the same thing. You have to separate the action from the person. No one ever goes out on a, on a playing field of any sport and doesn't care about winning or losing or doesn't try. They're trying. The losers of games try to. They wanted to win. Decisions, failures to execute actions, that's what caused losses. And they are, to a certain extent, unpredictable. 
Peyton Manning throws an interception in the Super Bowl to Tracy Porter that ends up costing him an opportunity to win a ring. Peyton Manning a bad player? Of course not. Bad decision at the wrong time? Yeah. Does it alter Peyton Manning's legacy in any way? Not really to me. He's human. But humans also understand the way they're being treated. And so if you are Garrett Bowles or you are Lord Cushenberry and you are Quinn Miners and what you're reading today in some of the friendlier team media is, wow, what a strong statement by Sean Payton to make sure that to, to back up Russell Wilson and, and absolve him of all the responsibilities. Well, yeah, but they're placing some of that on you. And by the way, he barely knows you. You've had a couple of OTAs together. And your coach, here you are, is already kind of calling you out as the reason your quarterback played poorly. Now, maybe in the locker room, he's talking to Garrett Bowles and Lloyd Cushenberry and Quinn Miners and saying, hey, guys, you know, I get it. I'm, I'm just trying to back up Russ. I know you guys worked really hard. We're all going to get better. Maybe he is, but maybe he's not. Sean Payne that, That's where relationships matter, Sandy. And that's how they break down. Sean Payne joins a very, very long list of significant Bronco figures who over the last seven years have told us in sequence Paxton Lynch will be great and you're wrong if you believe otherwise. Strike one. Mm -hmm. Case Keenum author of the miracle of Minnesota against uh, New Orleans Saints team coached by some guy. I can't remember who that guy was. Um, Case Keenum. He'll be terrific. Those of you who say otherwise are wrong. Strike two. Joe Flacco still Joe has it. Joe Flacco <laughs> right. still has it. In fact, he's in his prime. Mm -hmm. He'll be great. Those of you who say otherwise will be proven wrong. Strike three. But it doesn't end. Drew Locke. Those of you who believe he won't be our franchise quarterback for years to come are dead wrong. Fourth strike. Russell Wilson. Proven Hall of Fame quarterback. Super Bowl champion. We don't care if the Super Bowl championship was won nine years ago. He's a Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion is Super Bowl champion. They don't, and yeah, that's you know, maybe there was a legion of boom that helped a little bit, but Russell Wilson. You can say that with most teams. He's, he's a Hall of Famer. And you're wrong if you suggest any other possibility as to how his year will turn out. That's five. And now we have Sean Payton joining the list, calling BS on anybody who not only thinks that it was Wilson's fault that Wilson had a bad year, in any way Wilson's fault, but that with Sean Payton in charge, Russell Wilson will be as good as he's ever been. We'll see how that works out. And I know someone with Sean Payton's ego will say, well, I wasn't here for Paxton Lynch and Case Keenum and Joe Flacco and Drew Locke 
and I wasn't here for Russell Wilson's year a, a season ago. If I had been, he'd have been great in 2022 instead of the horror show he was. And he was a horror show yeah. in every way. There was a sense among Bronco fans that in the two games Russell Wilson missed and Brett Rippon started, that the Broncos are better off at the quarterback position. And in one of those two starts, those fans and those observers were right. Brett Rippon played a game that Russell Wilson managed to play only about half a dozen times over a 17-game season last year. One of the games wasn't good, but the other was far better than Wilson's average game for the Broncos last year was. The Broncos have been wrong, at least on quarterbacks, and probably in many other ways too, over and over and over and over again. But now they have something that they haven't had over the last seven years. A coach with an ego as vast as the Rocky Mountains. That they haven't had. And interestingly enough, a coaching record that gives you reason to believe that it may, at least to a certain extent, be justified. But if the, in case these recent comments maybe changed your thought processes on the uh, wins over under for the year, <laughs> like over at Superbook Sports, we're changing the game. Help your bets stay hot this summer at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling, with a direct line to Las Vegas. So now when you use the promo code Mile High, you score up to $250 with their first bet bonus, and that means win or lose, Superbook will match that first bet up to $250 with the promo code Mile High. You download the Superbook Sports app, enter that promo code Mile High. That one's easy, and you'll get 250 bucks. Courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, we're going to step away from that and talk about a uh, former ignored worst team in the Power Five conferences has become the most wanted team in the Power Five, and they're looking to move. Well, let's grab someone who can talk very, very smartly about that program. That's our friend from CBS News Colorado, Justin Adams. He joins us next on Mile High Sports. Everybody wants to be my enemy. 